Everybody has so many partners to do a great thing around here everybody my name's Alex Slows and welcome to the Slows Wrestling Show your source for all things wrestling and sports entertainment coming up new wrestling company news including full roster Goldberg news WWE fan issue Kenny Omega leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling and more on the Slows Wrestling Show <laughs> Welcome back to the Slows Wrestling Show, your source for all things wrestling and sports entertainment. According to Wrestling Edge, many WWE superstars are considering to join a new wrestling company formed by Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks. This is a company called AEW All Elite Wrestling. AEW has signed Pac and Chris Jericho and a boatload of others, which, will we, which we will get to in a few later on in the show. WWE superstars want to explore their options, if not go, according to Dave Meltzer. And I think it's amazing that Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks, who came from New Japan Pro Wrestling and uh, Ring of Honor and the Independent Circuit, are now starting starting their own wrestling company. And I, I think it's going to do a really, a really amazing job. 
And this is really bad news for WWE because it could this could be a battle that they can't win, a ratings war that they probably will never win. And if they try to compete with AEW, and I think some WWE superstars are going to leave once their contracts are up and go to AEW where there's more opportunities. And I feel like it's going to be either... I feel like it's going to be a Braun Strowman, Elias, and Bobby Roode, and Chad Gable to go to AEW. I feel like those are going to be the people that leave WWE when their contracts expire. Now, here's the full AEW roster according to Inquisitor as of January 8th. Cody Rhodes, Nick Jackson, Matt Jackson, Adam Hangman Page, Britt Baker, Chris Jericho, Pac known as Neville in WWE, Brandy Rhodes, Joey Janela, Penelope Ford, MJF, Christopher Daniels, Daniels, Scorpio Sky, and Frankie Kazarian. Now, according to Uproxx, AEW might be trying to sign a WCW legend. This legend is none other than Bill Goldberg, who returned to WWE in 2016. So I think I would much rather have Goldberg perform for AEW because I feel like once AEW finds a place to broadcast their show and start pulling in big names, they're going to get a huge, huge fan base, and it's going to grow a lot. And I think WWE could be upset about this because Goldberg was one of their main stars they used in 2016 and 2017 alone in, for WrestleMania, and this could this could be really bad for them. Now, according to IW Nerd, WWE may not, may already not like AEW All Elite, All Elite Wrestling. Fans are ha fans were having issues wearing AEW merchandise to SmackDown. Possibly, fans are having issues wearing AEW merchandise to SmackDown and possibly Raw if it continues on. On January 8th in Jacksonville, two pro wrestling tee employees were told they could not enter SmackDown with AEW gear on, and a fan posted a video where security confirms that they were throwing out fans with AEW shirts, but the, but the uh, decision was reversed. So I think that it was really unfair for uh, WWE to kick out fans who paid for their ticket Especially coming from the AEW rally, who all those people that paid their tickets to s go see SmackDown Live. And I think it, that's not a way WWE should treat their fans, no matter what wrestling tee they wear. And I, I think it's what I think WWE is scared because this is a, uh, they're scared they're going to lose their marketing and merchandise sales. And they really don't like competition and don't want us to feel as if they are losing fans even though they clearly are losing fans already. And I feel like most of those fans are going to join AEW, and that's not good news for them. According to Yahoo Sports, Kenny Omega confirmed he is not re-signing with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Kenny has been with New Japan Pro Wrestling since 2010 and is still under contract till the end of the month. So I think Kenny Omega really should go to AEW, and I think going to WWE will only ruin his career because with with New Japan, he was able to have as a lot of the opportunities. He was able to per, he was able to add as much to his character as he wanted. 
portray his character the way he wanted. And I think AEW is going to be a better option for him because he knows these two, these three individuals who are who are running this company now. Ken, uh, Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho's in there, and then we got Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks running that. So it's it's going to be nuts just to see how big this fan base grows. And depending on what's on the table, I think that. I think that Kenny Omega should go to, depending on what's on the table, he may go to AEW, but I really do not want him to go to WWE whatsoever because it's just going to destroy him. Now, according to Still Real to Us, Chris Jericho has been removed from WWE's video intro due to the fact he has signed with AEW. So I think that with Chris Jericho working with WWE for years, I think that they shouldn't have they shouldn't remove him from anything else or anything in the WWE network in the WWE video packages because that's just not because that's where he started out and people should remember people should be able to go back and watch the the old footage and remember where he started without WWE taking that stuff down and I really think they should stick with those the, with that material and not cut cut those out I will take a break, but when we come back, I will talk new NXT call-ups, Cena versus Drew McIntyre, five underused superstars that must be pushed in 2019, AEW offer to AJ Styles, WWE opens new performance center, what WWE would be like if they listened to the fans, and more on the Slows Wrestling Show.
Welcome back to the Slows Wrestling Show, your source for all things wrestling and sports entertainment. According to IW Nerd, NXT has called up superstars to Raw from the to the Raw and SmackDown roster. This includes EC3, Lacey Evans, and Heavy Machinery. So I think with these, with adding these superstars from NXT, I think WWE could get slightly better along with EC3 on the main roster. And I think I think EC3's character has developed way better than it did when he was in WWE a couple of years ago because he really didn't know how to develop his character that well. He didn't know how to do a bunch of different stuff, how to run with run his course. And now that he's gone through TNA Impact for a long time through the years, and joining WWE, I think his character is gonna be is so much better. He's better on the mic. Uh, he knows what he's doing. He knows what where to run in his promos, and he just sounds a lot better. And I think he's going to do an amazing job. Now, according to Culture Vultures, their article reads that John Cena versus Drew McIntyre is the best option for WrestleMania 35. So I, th I totally agree with this article, and I think the build-up to this match, along with NXT call-ups, call could save WWE ratings if WWE doesn't book their superstars poorly. And I think that Drew McIntyre could beat John Cena and win this WrestleMania 35 matchup because John Cena has been away from WWE for a while as a part-timer. Going into the Hollywood film, going into Hollywood films, and creating his own legacy over there. So I think he would definitely win off a Claymore kick or some crazy thing like that. And I think it would be an amazing main event match for WrestleMania 35 or a mid card match. Now here's five underused superstars who should be pushed in 2019. Number one is Bray Wyatt. Bray had a run with Woken Matt Hardy as a tag team in 2016, and before that was the leader of the Wyatt family, Wyatt family throughout 2013 and 2014. So I think Bray's character—it's hard—he's hardly Bray's character is hardly being used for WWE TV. And I—I I saw something on Instagram of what he's doing now. He's currently doing house shows for WWE, and it kind of sucks that they're not putting him on the, the Raw roster and making him a main event caliber superstar the way he was a couple months ago with Matt Hardy. And I think his talent, his, his talent is really being wasted. And it, it should, it should, he should not be on the mid-card or, or less, less than that. He should Because he's more talented to be in the main event roster. And it just sucks what WWE is doing to him.
because he really, he really for a long time was on top of the main event roster, and people really liked him. People really thought he was really good at what he was, what he was doing, and what he was capable of, and how his how his storylines connected together. It was just an amazing way for him, for him to get over, and now they're destroying all that. Number two, Crip Chad Gable. Gable has a unique style of professional wrestling, being that he did amateur wrestling in college. So Gable, I really think he's being underused as a Raw Tag Team Champion and not receiving a good push, and that's why I think his work outside—I think work outside for WWE, outside of WWE would be better for him, because then, then he can get more opportunities. Then he can build himself up towards a title match and possibly find other ways to connect in the uh, ind independent industry. Number three is EC3. Again, EC3, I really think he has a chance at making a good first impression on the main roster, and I believe his character will thrive being from his experience in TNA Impact and the, his, with his charisma star power that he has. So I really think he's going to do an amazing job depending on where they put him, Raw or SmackDown. Either way, he's going to do fantastic. Number four, Ember Moon. Ember Moon, I think she can be a top star with fire like Becky Lynch if booked right and given the chance to develop her character more. And I think she should eventually challenge uh, um, Ronda Rousey on the main roster on the of the Raw of the Raw roster for the woman Raw Women's Championship. And I think that would be an amazing way to go as long as they build her up towards it. Make sure that her storyline is good. Make sure that everything's. Make sure that she's booked right down the road to eventually get that chance. Number five, Finn Balor. Finn Balor has has was a, was the the least booked wrestler in 2018, and I think WWE should look should book him better in 2019 and give him a chance to build himself up towards the Universal Championship that he never lost. But, but the problem with that is every time they put Finn Balor in a match against anybody, they, they never really give him a chance to win a match and go from there and develop his character more. He, they, he always loses. They just book him to lose every single time, and it's so annoying. And I feel like if I was him, I would leave WWE and go to AEW because that's not, the, that's not how... You should be treating a superstar with that much talent, and you should be giving them as much. You should, you should be giving them as much chances as they need to make themselves better. Now, according to Ringside News, Jim Ross is reportedly returning to commentary and could be very well involved with AEW All Elite Wrestling, both on the commentary team and a backstage role. Jim Ross worked with New Japan until his contract expired with them for in twenty seven in twenty eighteen. So I I think having Jr. on the AEW commentary team is the best way to go, and I think Jr. working for AEW would bring in a huge huge fan base, a lot of hardcore fans that grew up with Jim Ross and Jerry the King Waller in the in the nineties. On Raw's war between the the war between WCW and Monday Night Raw, 
and I think that would just draw in a, a lot of people and make just make the show start out strong. So now, according to UPI, WWE opened their first performance center in the United Kingdom for European develop for European developing and upcoming talent. The performance center is 17, 000, has 17,000 square feet and features two training rings, strength and conditioning equipment, and, a re and recording equipment for content creation. So I think this is a huge, huge, great and great move by WWE. And I think what it means for them and their future stars in the wrestling industry, it's really going to help them develop their characters better and over in, in over in the United Kingdom. And I think they're going to get some really good talent from that in the future. And it's going to open up new doors and new horizons for them. And hopefully this will keep WWE successful down the road. Because if it doesn't, AEW is eventually going to win once they have enough followers, supporters, and people going to their, enough sales and merchandise, it's it's going to be, they're going to, they're going to literally blow them out of the water if they don't stay successful and keep growing. Now, according to Wrestling News Source, Lars Sullivan's WWE debut, debut has been canceled because report, he reportedly suffered an anxiety attack and WWE is considering Lars Sullivan Lars Sullivan versus John Cena for WrestleMania, WrestleMania 35, but everything is up in the air right now. So I think that with health issues with WWE superstars, it can really derail an upcoming superstar. And what the match just seems better to me that either Cena versus McIntyre or Cena versus Sullivan, depending if Sullivan can stay healthy and try to get off these anxiety and not try to prevent himself from getting an anxiety attack and stay healthy all the way through up to WrestleMania 35 to face John Cena. Or we could do Cena versus McIntyre. But either way, I think the matches, I think both matchup uh, options would be amazing for WrestleMania. And I think it would get in a lot of ticket sales and a lot of pe get in a lot of people tuning in to watch this match and hopefully it's going to be a main event match on the main event match card if it happens depending on his health it could or it could not but if it doesn't we could just stick with McIntyre versus Cena I will take a break but when we come back AJ Styles and AEW the Raw and NXT and Smackdown recap all on a slows wrestling show
Welcome back to the Slows Wrestling Show, your source for all things wrestling and sports entertainment. According to Still Real to Us, AJ Styles' WWE contract is set to expire soon, and AEW is trying to sign him, but with a short schedule. So I think this would do amazing wonders for AEW, and I think AEW could offer him a shorter schedule with schedule time with a contract, and I think the, I, I think I would want to see Styles compete in AEW against Chris Jericho or uh, Pac Neville, and I think AEW is trying to sign people over at WWE as soon as their contracts expire, so that they get more more so so they get a bigger roster, and that way they can grow and give these people opportunities that they probably could could never have in WWE and I think it's going to be interesting to see where how things end up how the how Cody Rhodes Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson run this show so I, I, I'm really excited to see how they plan this and now according to Forbes AEW is looking at multiple TV networks for a deal to air their show on cable TV Three TV networks are being considered, such as TNT, TBS, and Paramount, formerly known as Spike TV. So I really think the best network that AEW could pick is either TNT or TBS. And I think AEW should partner with TNT because it would bring back so many memories for diehard wrestling fans that watch the Monday Night Wars with WCW and WWE. And I think it would mean a lot to wrestling fans around the United States. And WWE may in fact have competition down the road and in the future, depending on how they run their run their course, how they book everything, how they put their show together. It's I just it just depends on how they do everything. And I'm excited to see where how that comes along and how everything is planned. Now, here are the WWE results for this week, recap, and grades. Massive star power, not enough to save lackluster show. Facing a third and long, long up against the college football playoff national championship, WWE chose to pass to least resistance on Monday by punting. With an episode heavy on star power, yet lacking terms of redeemability, Raw presented three hours of largely formula melodic booking, which served as an emphasis to new era promises made by on-screen management, management in recent weeks. Seth Rollins prevented from regaining the IC title. The show opened with Seth Rollins attacking Bobby Lashley backstage as a response to the motivational speech delivered by Triple H last week. The two brawled out onto the stage before agents and mid-card talent were able to break them up. After John Cena entered the ring to enter himself in a Royal Rumble match, Drew McIntyre was out to cut a promo on him. Before the two could fight, Lashley and Rio, Leo Rush barged out to say that they will get a lawyer if nothing is done to stop Rollins. An attack from behind by Rollins led to a full-on brawl, which included Cena, McIntyre, and later arriving Dean Ambrose and Finn Balor. Seth Rollins, John Cena, and Finn Balor defeat Dean Ambrose via pinfall Andrew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. Taking up most of the first hour, the match ended with a hot tag to Rollins and an eventual stomp on Ambrose for the pin. 
When Triple H was shown on the big screen during the winter celebration and an angry Rollins storm backstage to knock the coffee coffee the coffee cup out of Triple H's hands, Rollins boldly demanded an intercontinental title match tonight. You want Ambrose, you got him. Tonight. False count anywhere. Welcome back, Triple H said before embracing Ambrose. I intercontinental championship match. Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins via pinfall in a fall count, false count anywhere match. Rollins attacked on the ramp before the match even began. After a backstage brawl, Rollins slammed Ambrose through the announce table during a commercial break. Finally, Rollins appeared to have the match won after hitting a superplex buckle bomb and super kick and a stomp in a, in a succession, but, late, but Lashley ran into a foil ran into foil to finish. He threw Rollins into the barricade outside the ring twice before hitting his finisher, finishing move and a spear inside of it. Ambrose crawled over to pin a prone Rollins as Lashley flexed behind beside them. Lashley then powerbombed Rollins through the table to close the broadcast. Consider the passion which leaked from backstage interaction between Rollins and Triple H as the high point of the show in general uh, and an intriguing tease regarding where the storyline is headed. Things slowly went downhill from there. And although the main event match was both physical and entertaining, the copy and paste way in which the match ended with Lashley's obvious retribution succeeded in the pr producing the apath apathetic response it received from the crowd. Talk about letting the air out of a balloon. If the spoiling of what what would have been a massive pop in Rollins regaining his title wasn't enough of a buzzkill, the reminder that his feud with Lashley isn't finished certainly was. And this mat this whole Monday Night Raw got a grade C, which is not really good. This is not good for WWE and their programming. And unless a change is involved, a physical and mental change to their roster and everything and all their programming, they're not going to get better. Then we had Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax, and Sasha Banks won beating Nia Jax via submission. The match was given plenty of time and space to fill, featuring a handful of near falls. The smaller Banks sold for the majority and took a stiff military press onto a road case. Bailey and Tamina Snuka largely canceled each other by brawling multiple times on the floor in support of their friends. Banks forced Jax to tap out via bank statement for the finish, earning herself a title opportunity at the Royal Rumble early, later this month. What else happened on Raw? Hulk Hogan pays tribute to Mean Gene Oakland. In his first Raw appearance in the nearly four years, and first WWE, WWE, first WWE appearance overall since the last year's crown jewel in Saudi Arabia, Hogan re received a mixed and somewhat muted reaction from the crowd. It, exactly what I was expecting when I was talking about this last week on the show. I really was, I re that re is really upsetting to me and really just disappointing because you would think the fans would respect Hogan and his his well wishes for Mean Gene and a farewell to Mean Gene Oakland, but they're just fans. Just really are, I don't know. I don't even know. They're just rude and don't even care. They only care about what's better. What's better for WWE, and it's just upsetting. He then tossed to a well constructed video package honoring the late WWE Hall of Famer Hogan. Closed by delivering one more well. Let me tell you something, Mean Gene, before cutting a promo on what Oakland might be doing in heaven. 
While his tribute was touching, Hogan's return for reasons unconnected to Oakland felt un-inconsequential un un in the end. Raw Tag Team Championship, Bobby Reed and Chad Gable defeat the revival via, revival via pinfall in a lumberjack match to retain the titles. The theme surrounding the heel revival not getting a fair shake, shake only continued. An inside cradle from Scott Dawson on Gable was reversed when Root helped flip them over from the outside of the ring. Gable then scored a pinfall despite the referee not seeing that Dawson's leg was on the ropes. Baron Corbin defeats Elias via pinfall. Corbin interrupted Elias' pre-match song and went on to join him in adding his name to the Royal Rumble match. The finish came when Corbin threw Elias in the direction of the referee, and Elias pulled up to pulled up short to avoid him, and the distraction set up a right hand in end of days from Corbin for the pin. Brock Lesnar refuses to tangle with Braun Strowman. What was biled as a face-to-face standoff between the two giants ahead of their Universal title match at the Royal Rumble turned out to just be another wasted appearance in Lesnar's part-time contract. Strowman challenged Lesnar to come out, and Paul Heyman declined during a backstage response on the big screen, and nothing short of an awkward promo egging, them, egging him on. Strowman finally managed to lure Lesnar with insults. Yes, yet after circling the ring while laughing, Lesnar made his way up the ramp and avoided confrontation. Confrontation. What a waste of time. And I agree, that's a waste of time and a waste of a well-booked promo as well because you would think WWE would book Strowman and build him up to win at, at the Royal Rumble, but now it just looks like they're building up Brock Lesnar to win and keep the Universal title and, again, not listen to the fans. Ember Moon and Apollo Crews defeat... Alicia Fox via pinfall and Jinder Mahal. Mahal's pre-fight stick saw him take on a darker tone than his recent tranquil ways as he heckled a handful of ringside fans in a disrespectful manner. This virtual squash match ended in, with Moon hitting an eclipse for the pin. And that is the Raw recap for this week. Now here's the NXT results, winners, grades, and reaction, and highlights from January 9th. NXT continued to set the stage for its TakeOver Phoenix event on January 26th with another focused broadcast that spotlighted the stars who will play a key role in that show and feature the competitive main event pinning EC3 against Undisputed Era's Adam Cole. Johnny Gargano promo kicks off first NXT of 2019. Johnny Gargano kicked off this week's episode with a promo in which he revealed that over the holidays, it became painfully clear to him that only titles and victories matter. He addressed fans' chance of DIY, revealing that the double-team beat down of Alistair Black a week ago was but a one-time deal. See, Tommaso Ciampa is still a piece of garbage, and he still possesses the title Gargano values. Gargano mentioned Ricochet, who interrupted the proceedings and told Gargano that if he wanted a shot at his North American title, all he had to do was ask. Ciampa made his presence felt, trying to stir things up before the black black appeared. After some back and forth, the lights dimmed and black appeared in the ring behind Ciampa. A physical brawl between Ciampa and Black ensued before the heavy before they headed backstage. Gargano flattened Ricochet with a super kick, and that was the opening promo to NXT. Analysis. We already knew Black vs. Champa was the main event for the upcoming TakeOver Phoenix event, 
But this instigation of Ricochet versus Gargano program gives the show that two high-profile singles bouts of top championships. On top of that, the segment setup was a potential blockbuster tag match that would reunite Gargano and Ciampa in DIY, a monumental moment for NXT given the rich history between, between the two. Overall, this was a quality segment that provided fans with a look at things to come and a continued tease of a much anticipated reunion. Nikki Cross versus Bianca Blair. The rivalry, rivalry between Nikki, Kloss, Nikki Cross and Bianca Blair evolved into a physical war between the two late between the two late in 2018. Wednesday saw the two renewed a rivalry just weeks before the former former champion makes her main roster debut and later challenges Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship. Cross frustrated Blair, Blair early, trapping her in the ring apron and pounding away. DST of NXT responded, driving her off the top rope with a gorilla press slam and following up with a standing moonsault. Blair, Blair controlled the match, cutting off several attempts by Cross to mount a comeback. She countered a sleeper attempt at ringside by driving the Scott, Scott, Scott back first into the steel entrance ramp. The tenacious Cross fought her way back into the match, but a high crossbody block missed, and Belair finished with the KOD for the victory. Analysis. Belair's best in-ring performances have come against Cross, and that is no accident. The Scott is amongst the most talented workers on any woman's roster in WWE and will prove beneficial to whichever brand she lands on when she finally makes the jump. She told us spectacularly for Blair. She sold, she sold spectacularly for Blair and fought the type of psychology one hopes for in a performer of her experience. Perform. At the at every turn, she made Blair look like the star she was destined to be. That is no slide toward the EST who continued to showcase the incredible physical gifts and blossoming in-ring arsenal that helped her earn a spot on a card she has now. Blair has a supremely talented young superstar whose future is, is as bright as of anyone. This proved as a gateway to bigger and better things in the future, perhaps as soon as the Royal Rumble weekend, when she provides Baszler with an athletic matchup along the likes of which the Queen of Spades has yet to experience. Marcel Barthel and Fabian Aikman are in action. The debuting team of Marcel Barthel and Fabian Aikner looked to send a message to the entire NXT universe as they squared off with Hector Cunson and Stanley Watts. Barthel and Agner overwhelmed Kunsman and Watts, Kunz, and, Kunzman and Watts for the opening bell, driving them down with spine busters and stunning them with kicks. A powerbomb German suplex combination from Agner and Barthel on Watts earned a newly formed ta tandem in its first in their first televised win. EC3 versus Adam Cole. Just as he prepares for his main event roster debut, EC3 sought to settle his ongoing, di ongoing differences with the Undisputed Era on Wednesday as he battled Adam Cole in a singles competition. The story of the match featured Cole targeting his previously injured shoulder on his opponent. Like a knot, he overcame EC3's attempts at a comeback, cutting him off by targeting the arm and dropping him from a backstabber. A missed knee from Cole sparked his opponent's comeback. The the ever-present Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roger Strong provided just enough of a distraction for Cole to deliver a super kick and a knee to the back of the head 
for the for the decisive blow. After the match, War Raiders hit the ring, laid waste on Disputed Era, and stood tall alongside EC3 as the heels regrouped to close out the show. And that is the NXT highlights, grades, wins, and results for this week. Now here are the SmackDown results for January 8th. R-Truth versus Daniel Bryan. WWE Champion Daniel Bryan kicked off Tuesday's episode of SmackDown from the concession stand where he wasted little time criticizing fans for putting such a disgusting food into such disgusting food into their bodies. He continued calling AJ Styles a superstar. Fans used to foil their voids in their pathetic lives. The rant went on and on throughout the arena until our truce attacked from out of nowhere, and the first match of the night was underway. A back and forth match appeared to turn in truth's favor when he dodged a corner super super. Uh, Dodged a corner dropkick, and he landed a jawbreaker that scored him a near fall. Unfortunately, he tried a blind splash in the corner, and Brian moved. The champion followed up with a running knee and scored the pinfall victory. Rey Mysterio and Mustafa Ali versus Samoa Joe and Andre Cien Omas. Four of the most talented competitors on the SmackDown roster battled in a tag team match at, in tag team action Tuesday night when Mustafa Ali and Rey Mysterio squared off of Andre Cien Omas and Samoa Joe. At one point, moderate under, the moderate underdog Ali found himself on a receiving end of Joe's Fury, ending a punishing beatdown at the hands of the Destroyer. Ali fought out and made the hot tag to Mysterio, who had splitted into the ring and reminded fans why he will one day join the Elite in the WWE Hall of Fame. With Joe neutralized at ringside, Mysterio called for a 619 on loss, and overzealous Ali drove Mysterio and, and overzealous Ali drove over Mysterio and onto Joe on the floor. The brief distraction allowed El Idolo to recover and dropped the mask luchador with a hammer locked DDT for the win. Rusev lashes out at Shinsuke Nakamura. A week after Shinsuke Nakamura attacked him, attacked him in a in a despicable act that resulted in his life in his wife Lana's injury, Rusev stood in the center of a ring at a ring as a distraught man, not the United States champion. Laying the belt on the mat and addressing the WWE Universe as a husband, he blamed Nakamura for the injury Lana suffered and called him out. The artist did not oblige him instead of appearing on the video screen. He took no responsibility for his actions, blaming Rusev for not protecting his wife. Infuriated, Rusev took off after Nakamura. When he made it backstage, the U.S. champion was attacked by the artist, who used a production case to his, to his advantage. Trash talk was exchanged as producers separated the two. SmackDown Tag Team Championship Match The Usos versus The, the Bar the SmackDown Tag Team Champions were up for grabs between common foes. The Bar, Sheamus, and Cesaro defended against the Usos on Tuesday night. Sheamus and Cesaro isolated Jey Uso for the hard to match, keeping him from Jimmy as they cut off from, as they cut off the ring. Every time Jey fought out of the grasp of his opponents and attempted a hot tag that would spark a comeback, Sheamus or Cesaro cut it off, showing a great sensational awareness. Jimmy finally did receive the tag and exploded into the match, taking the fight to both champions and wiping out Cesaro at ringside with a suicide dive. The hotly contested bout came to a screeching halt when Man Mandy Rose's music played, and she appeared on stage in nothing but a towel. 
the distraction of the golden goddess asking Jimmy if she left her if she left her clothes at his hotel room provided enough a distraction for Cesaro to, to deliver the neutralizer for the win. After the match, The Miz appeared and formally challenged the bar for a title match at the Royal Rumble on behalf of himself and Shane McMahon. He ate a brogue kick from Sheamus for his troubles before Sheamus accepted. Number one contenders match, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair versus Carmella. The three SmackDown Women's Champions predating pre pre Asuka battled Tuesday night in a triple threat match to determine the number one contender to, to the Empress of Tomorrow at the Royal Rumble as Becky Lynch, Carmella, and Charlotte squared off. Desperation for a championship opportunity fueled the competitors, each seeking to regain the title that defined them. Late in the match, a frustrated Carmella slashed Flair, but ate a big boot for her troubles. She also found herself trapped in a figure eight in the desperate need of Lynch, dropping a leg to break the hold. The man trapped Flair in a disarmor, but the Princess of Staten Island broke that up. Chance of This Is Awesome filled the arena just in time for Lynch to apply the disarmor to Carmella to pick up the win. So that is the SmackDown Live results, grades, and reactions for January 8th. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at ShowSlows for updates and check out my new and past episodes on Apple Podcasts. Also, don't forget to come out and support the United Wrestling Alliance and the Angelus for a Night to Remember on Saturday, January 26th. Seats are $5 and kids 10 and under are free with paid adult. All military active and retired are free. All proceeds go to the Angelus. Here's the full match card. Main event, Battle Royal to crown the first ever United Wrestling Alliance Undisputed Heavyweight Champion semi-main event. Nick Abrams versus Cobalt. Triple threat match, Chris Living God versus Ultra Tiger versus Boomer. Four-way four ladder match to crown the first ever United Wrestling Alliance Hardcore Champion. Darren Blade versus Michael Pitbull Pittman versus Alex Newman versus Achilles. Special challenge match. Daniel Bla Darren, Bro Darren Darian Blade versus Achilles with Machali Sullivan. Opening match, Ma Michael Pitbull Pittman versus Demon. Cards subject to change. For more, feel free to check them out on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash UWA Independent Wrestling. From Palm Harbor, Florida, I'm Alex Slow saying goodbye for now. Have a good afternoon. Have a good evening, everybody.